Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network. Follow us on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and love us on iTunes. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me as always, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and he made the mistake of going to Trader Joe's while hungry and now is completely out of room in his freezer. Man, that's a rookie mistake. It's, you know, it was a real mistake. My wife was like, hey, can you stop by Trader Joe's on the way home? I hadn't had anything to eat all day. And I got in there and man, it is, there is some good stuff in there. I definitely, I, I have, do I have a uh, a loaf of pumpkin brioche in my bread box right now? I sure do. Did I have a slice of toast to that for morning? This morning? I did. Was it very good? It was just okay. Sorry, Trader Joe's, if you're listening. Sorry, Trader Joe, if you're listening. But um, now we're yeah. never going to be sponsored by Trader Joe's, which is my dream. I know, right? I, the thing is, is that I was totally sold. I was like looking at the bread aisle, just kind of like standing there, slack jawed, uh, looking because there were a lot of choices. And a Trader Joe's employee came up to me and said, if you buy one thing when you're here, you should buy that brioche. I was like, you know what? That is a hell of a recommendation and quite <laughs> an endorsement. And, uh, and I did. And it's pretty good. It's just, you know, for me, it's like, I don't need a sweet bread in the morning. That was my mistake. It's more of a dessert, more of a dessert toast. Dessert toast. <laughs> Let's bring in Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report. And he's wondering where his custom Hornets jersey is since they're sending them out to all the influencers. Colin, what would the back of yours say, though? Well, if it didn't say Big Hog. Um, oh, boy. Deck master. Yeah. Uh, so is this the thing? The Hornets, I, you know, I'm, I'm out here in the bubble. Uh, I did come uptown today, got a knife pulled on me. It was a thing. It's everything's fine. Uh, great to be back in the queen city. They're giving out, they're giving out influencer uniforms. Yeah. I, I saw all over some the of socials. Them. Yeah. It's all over the tweets. Like how, and the like how many are we talking about? How many, how many people are here? I've seen at least a handful. I would say. I would say I've also seen a handful depending on your size of your hands. Um, and the size of Noah Von size hands and, and mine just hasn't come yet. Yeah. That's a really good point. I don't know if you know this about him, but he has big hands. He does. He's got the, the measurables are just through the roof on Noah Von Is he Let's still in the league? Starter jacket. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm going to guess no. The, with the Knicks, right? He was a Nick this year. Oh, sure. That's why you didn't see him. He's, he's going to be in the second bubble, AKA the cooler bubble, if you will. The bubble cooler. Now I can't decide which I like better, Big Hog or Deckmaster. When you, I don't yours. feel good about either one of those. I just want what, to be clear. Okay. What about Colonist? Okay, see that one's better. Okay, I like that All better. Right, there you go. You're very uncomfortable by Big Hog. Are you? Every time I, <laughs> you can't I, stop saying the phrase. Like we're gonna have to put explicit on this show. What's happening? The brand. That's what the branding's there. I'm like, the big dog, gets- and you're the big hog. Like that's the. And Nikki's a little kitty. Everybody knows it. I, I was staying as yeah. far away this from This is that. why nobody wanted to be on the show this week. Oh, yeah. On <laughs> I think the it was one Tony Baloney scared is, everybody off, probably. That's true. It was Tony Baloney. On the one-day contract this week is no one. It, it's just Hey, it's me, today. Tony Baloney. I could be on the one-day contract. I actually forgot what the voice sounds like. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. Too early for Tony B. No, we had a guest cancel uh, a few minutes before the podcast started, but we figured we would soldier on and, um, and 
they shall not be named, but hopefully on next week. Uh, but I, there's plenty to talk about. Perhaps our guest was injured last minute in like a, a Botox and needle injury, something like that. Is that what is that what occurred? Yeah, they uh, they had a broken rib that they didn't tell us about, and then the doctors gave them a shot, and uh, and it, and then they were all of a sudden they were just rushed to the hospital. We didn't really know what was going on, and then but he's going to be our guest as long as he's healthy. He's going to be our guest moving forward as long as but he's healthy. I, I got to commend the Chargers. This is this is the best transition anyone's envisioned if from from a veteran quarterback to the rookie quarterback you wanted to have the job I mean bravo nobody takes any negative uh hits on this just just well done by the chart absolutely just a smooth smooth transition Tyrod Taylor Tyrod I think is how he likes to have it be pronounced uh he has really just like he just can't catch a break man like he was going to be the starter in Cleveland and they drafted Baker and then he gets concussed and he never gets his job back and Baker's not a good quarterback. And um, now in LA, he gets stabbed in the chest, like stabbed in the chest to then to lose your starting job. Like that's a hell of a way to go. Heck it sounds an go. awful lot like the Teddy Bridgewater story that I believed in until about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> he was stabbed in the knee, I think. <laughs> well, let's start with Nikki's super important question since Josh Nikki, wait, 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 hang on. How do you get uh, how do you get your super important question read on the air? If I had a super important question. Oh, well, you just go to iTunes and leave us a review and put it right there in your review. Oh, how many stars should they leave for the review? Um, five, obviously. Uh, okay. I think it's kind of their choice, but um No, it's not. <laughs> if you're not gonna if you're gonna leave less anything less than a five star review, we are the herd with Colin Howard. <laughs> Well, since Josh got held hostage at a Trader Joe's in the freezer section today, I need to know when you're at the grocery store, what is it that you're buying? That one thing you tell yourself, I'm not going to walk out with this, but you do it anyway. Like for me, every single time at Harris Teeter, I end up with a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups because they're right there at the register. Same thing at Trader Joe's, only they're like sunflower cups, I think. Something about those just always get me. And I say, I'm not going to buy them, and I buy them every time. So what are your little guilty grocery store items? Well, I, I for one, will not go into a grocery store unless they have Oreos. Like, if they don't have Oreos, what's the point of a grocery trip? Is that like a direct shot at Trader Joe's? Because they don't, they probably don't. What do they have, like Trader O's or something like that? Like that's Oh, they what probably did. They, they probably changed the name in the last couple of months. But <laughs> I think they're they, called yeah. JoJo's or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Joeyos. <laughs> nope. Oreos are busts. No, none of your hydroxies. None of nope. The, only the real deals. None of your double stuffs. I'll dabble. I will dabble in the uh, creative flavor department, but ultimately, the one, the only, the Oreo. Just a regular Oreo. See, I don't like the creative flavors. I I like the I do what I do like is the seasonal flavors. Obviously, the Halloween Oreo, the king of the Oreos. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but for me, I think that. I just can't get behind the like the hey this one's a red vine flavored Oreo or this is a I can't even think of another terror lick uh, licorice that's all, apparently all a- I've got is licorice on my mind yeah peep flavored Oreos yeah I'm I'm all set on the peep flavored Oreos well, give me when I go to the chocolate factory and we go see Willy Wonka or whatever whoever's running the Oreo division I will leave you behind because I- you want no joy in your life I feel like. This this episode is like between the the big hog phrase and the now we're going to the chocolate factory. Like things are happening behind the scenes, 
that. Well, you know, what happened is the Panthers got a win and they celebrated in proper style on social media with a little cranberry juice, not a PSL, not a pumpkin spice. They had cranberry. One win, one cranberry celebration. That's why I'm in a frisky mood. That's fair. That is fair. That also, is fair. I'm sure we're going to talk about the the Sweet Caroline uh, celebration as well. So we'll get to that at, at a certain point. Probably in our uh, stock down segment of this show. Aww. Tony Baloney might make an appearance. <laughs> what about you, Josh, when you're at the grocery store, besides taking out the entire freezer section? Well, a couple things. Uh, the first one is that I always end up buying, and this is not really uh, even really a treat for myself. I just never think that we have any and then I buy a bag of frozen peas like I'm walking through the frozen aisle and I'm like ooh, I'm gonna pick up some frozen peas and then it's like I'll get home and there are four of them in the freezer already so uh, uh we're just constantly eating peas over here uh peas and butter maybe with some onions a little salt and pepper eat it right out of the pot that's a bachelor meal right there it's delicious <laughs> um and also uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for a frozen treat. So like, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk down that frozen, that, that ice cream aisle and I'm not going to, I'm going to skip right past the pints. I'm going to skip right past the briars. I'm going to that novelty section and I'm looking up and down and I'm buying something that looks the most ridiculous because you know what? I'm an adult. I can buy the strawberry shortcake bars. I can buy the, Oh, what does mochi taste like? Sure. I'll take that. I can buy the oh what's that uh, uh ice cream sandwich rolled in chocolate chips on the outside and it's like why can't i ever lose any weight do you get the oreo something ice cream to make colin happy yeah i mean if they're if it looks delicious i'm buying it snickers <laughs> ice cream bars the goat ice cream bar obviously See, oh I, cosine I, I feel like i understand way more about josh and his spending habits when it would come to running an, an nfl team just from this conversation when he's willing to just roll past the Briars. There is nothing wrong with the Briars Rocky Road, the classic, uh, you know, the mint chocolate chip. I mean, so much, Briars offers you so much goodness. I just, the decision to just bypass it, to bypass the, the classic drumstick in favor of what's new, what's flashy. I just feel like I understand a lot more about you. Well, you put the, you put something on sale and the big dog's going to be interested also, um, I'm not good with pints or containers of ice cream in our house. I don't really know what a good serving size is. So um, sometimes those pints are like individual servings, and that's not – that ain't good. Yeah, and that's why you just you just eat it straight out of the carton. You don't need a bowl to figure out a serving that's size. That's what I'm saying. A moment oh, on the lips, Nikki. forever on the hips. Nikki, Nikki, you're, we're just going to try to help this young man live a little. Like, see, he's, he's paralyzed by his fear. You have I'm not going to gonna dirty away. a bowl. Exactly. There it is. There's the bachelor. It didn't take long, Nikki. There's the – he's like, <laughs> the scoop? Oh, I got a fork that I used three days ago for Chinese food. I'll just use this. The bachelor came out. It didn't take long. When my wife goes to sleep early, it's ice cream time for the big dog. <laughs> and I, I can't leave you. any evidence. You can't leave a bowl in the sink with ice cream leaf, with ice cream soup at the bottom. You got to leave a spoon in there that it's like, maybe I use that to stir my tea. You don't know what okay, I ha- used it for. How in-depth is the cover-up, though? Like, oh. does she know that the ice cream exists beforehand, or does she have no idea that it exists? No, well, it, I don't have so some like sort of... So, like, in her of- world, it never existed. I don't have some sort of a secret freezer, if that's what you're asking. And that's if my wife he, is listening, I definitely don't. That's right, why he keeps I definitely buying all don't those have peas. a secret freezer either in the workshop. The workshop does not have a fridge nor a freezer with goodness in it. 
That's why he keeps buying all those peas. He's hiding ice cream under all of it. <laughs> That's how it works. It's smart. It's brilliant. Instead of, instead of that. like using it to scam the grocery store, you're using it to cover up your ice cream purchases from your wife. I see. <laughs> it's all about the cover up. No comments. <laughs> no comments. Well, before we get to Panthers talk, let's go to the big headline in the NFL this week. The, what appears to be the first COVID outbreak in Tennessee. We don't know a whole lot yet about what it means, but what do we think? What are thoughts about how this is going to affect the rest of the season? Um, well, we should tell people we're recording this. It's 4 p.m. on Tuesday, just in case, because you just never know. So, like, by the time this comes out Wednesday morning, something crazy could have happened or something less crazy could have happened. Like, some news, some new news could have broken in this uh, situation. But, you know, this was kind of what we were all worried about, right, is that the positive tests are coming back on Monday or Tuesday. They played a game on Sunday. So now – what is how does that affect both of the teams that were in the game how does that affect the teams that they're playing supposed to play this sunday titans facility is is reportedly shut down until saturday and then uh i guess the nfl like snapped back and said no it's not so right now a lot of things are up in the air but i think that you know in my mind it certainly throws the game on sunday um between the Titans and the Steelers and, and by proxy, the Vikings and the Texans, maybe, I think it throws it all kind of into flux at the very least. Do you think we're, we will have any kind of uh, disruption for the rest of the league? Or do you think this is just going to be a a one-off? I just don't know. I, I think that's kind of the thing is that like, so what happens with this? So if they, so let's say they decide to, that's, that's how it like it's all just trickle down and moving down the line, right? So if they decide to cancel these two games, or say they move the um, they move the Steelers and Titans game to week eight, and they switch the buys around, they 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 have some there are some ways they can finagle it to make it work. But if they just outright cancel the games or outright postpone them, that's a huge you know for zero and three Vikings versus zero and three Texans. For the Panthers, it doesn't really make a difference because all uh, all four of these are AFC teams. But when you come when it comes to the NFC, I mean, where it does where it might make a difference for the Panthers is in terms of win percentage. When you're when you are looking at that draft pick uh, at the end of this year, if you are go if you're weighing it 15 game if the Titan or the Titans if the Texans and the Vikings only play 15 games instead of 16 games would their win percentage then therefore go down or up and maybe vault them a couple of picks uh, around the Panthers uh, at the end of the season. So I think that it's just, I don't have any answers. So it's like that this is the epitome. This is basically what we did for what, three months before the season started. Right. We just kind of like, well, I mean, if this happens, then this happens. Um, Yeah. But now we've gotten to a point where we're just kind of rolling along. And I think everybody's just assumed, Hey, NFL season start. NFL season's end, you think we're still – I mean, you guys I, – I still think that this is going to roll roll along. The machine's going to roll along. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think the, the – we're not canceling the season coming up uh, this this well, week. And, but and I, obviously my, not off of this one thing. But just kind of – we haven't really had any kind of conversation about COVID's impact on the season kind of since we actually got some football. You know what I mean? No, it's you're absolutely right. And and you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like now that we have gotten into the season, you get used to the idea of COVID testing. Um, from a media standpoint, I will tell you that like 
during training camp, we were all getting tested on a daily basis, um, all of kind of the beat writers. And now what we do is we rotate through and you go through and you get tested once every four or five weeks so that that way you are like the, you can get a little bit closer to the players theoretically and go into the bubble if you need to. There's one person. That's why you've been seeing like pool reports on Twitter um, from either myself or Elena or Joe or or Jonathan um, because it just kind of, not that we've relaxed it, but you've kind of gotten into the groove of how to work around COVID and how to do the, make this season work. And so now that we have seen the first kind of hiccup in that system, it's, I'm I'm interested to see how the NFL handles it. Um, Yeah. Very interested. Because not to just interrupt myself, because if this was the, if this was the Cardinals, then it's like, then this would be a huge deal. You know, for us, we look at it, we're like, well, Titans, Titans, Vikings, who cares? Like, what well, it's all, but it's like, very easily, this could have happened in any team around the country. Certainly could have happened here in Carolina. It could have happened in Arizona. And then you're, then you're stuck in a situation where it's like, do you forfeit? Do you get a, do you get a win? I, I just, um, that's, that's kind of my question on it. And if you are on Twitter and your first comment to this news was, well, <laughs> So-and-so was on my fantasy team. Please, please don't stop. <laughs> no one, no one cares about your fantasy team. No I feel one. like you want to, you want to save that comment for a round of you basic at some point, whether we'll, we'll play that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it right there. I thought it was happening. <laughs> I would have thought that 2020 would have been the year that we needed. We didn't need the disclaimer that no one was really interested in the plight of your fantasy team, that this would be the year that everyone would be like, you know, people got other things going on. They don't, they're not really worried about my, uh, my flex position in week two. No, let me tell you about my teaser that didn't come in on Sunday. Like, nobody cares, bro. Like, nobody, nobody's interested. Nobody cares about, about anything that you did. It's like, oh, oh, it's like dreams. Unless I'm in it. Or photos. If you got some photos you want to show me. I'm not a three-year-old. Don't show, your, show, don't show me pictures on your phone. Um, Colin, you had an interesting take that you texted me. I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot here. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if it's um, fodder for, for the episode, but um, do you want to share that take? You're talking about the one that I texted you about? Okay, so basically we don't know, and, and this draft we have at the, end of the, or at the end of this year, there's a prize. The best prize really since Andrew Luck, which, you know, whatever that prize ended up being, uh, you know, in, in, terms of, in terms of the scouts, like this, this quarterback that we've, everybody's seen coming. If, if you're a team and you're not confident that this season is going to finish, how are they going to get the draft selections for this year? Is, are there teams that are actually going to play for the – if we don't finish this season but we finish 0-whatever or 1-5, like to make decisions this season to favor draft position more so because you may not think that the playoffs will even happen. And I'm not saying that people are rooting for this or anything like that. I just think that the reality is Trevor Lawrence is sitting there, talented quarterbacks, two, three, four talented quarterbacks. Everybody wants to choose from. This is the most valuable resource in the NFL. I think teams right now are as incentivized as ever to not try and win. And I think we're seeing it in a lot of ways that don't just mean putting Jimmy Clawson or a terrible quarterback uh, behind your offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it I, – I almost 
wonder if that is an interesting way to think about it on both sides of the ball of both sides of the discourse where it's like, are people trying to, you know, if, if, if you're the Broncos say, or the jets or the giants or even the Panthers, and you think that this season is only going to last like six games, does it behoove you to try and get some wins here in the early season? Or does it behoove you to, to not? And also on the other side of the coin, if you are the, Steelers, Patriots, um, who's another good team? Saints. Like, does it behoove you to say, well, we really can't afford to lose some games up front because if there's only going to be 12 games this season or nine, like in the, like for instance, in the NBA, you know, the bubble cut that season short. And so if you are uh, Tom Brady and you're like, well, this, I went to Tampa Bay to win a championship not to have my season cut short and us miss the playoffs because we started out three and three uh, and didn't come on late. So uh, it's an, it's just an interesting kind of thought uh, experiment. I, I don't, when you first texted it to me, I was like, man, that's a little bit conspiratorial for me. And then I kind of started thinking about it where it's like, well, you know, like, is that just kind of, is, is it, is it being real galaxy brain or is it just being like, is it just being smart and saying, Hey, if this thing ends early, we need to be in the right spot. I just think you look at some of the decisions that have been made. You know, um, we, we, we're keeping track of all the former Panther and all the former Hornets um, here, you know, of late. And Ron Rivera is up in Washington basically not using timeouts to try and stop games and situations and then gets kind of testy about his, you know, the, the, the response or, or when he gets questioned about it in the post game. Um, I, you know, even even with the Panthers, I feel like you know, some of the decisions we've talked about in the – past like where it's like I don't feel like this is necessarily like this season's the priority for everybody and and I don't blame anybody I just think that there's a lot more um I don't know everybody's kind of doing their own math this season I think um in a lot of different ways that isn't just win games which is what you would expect in a normal NFL season let's take a look back at this Panthers win on Sunday would you say that this is kind of a coming out party for the defense or is this just a situation of taking advantage of a super young quarterback making his first start can we just before we get before we get into it before we get Uh into this analysis should we be celebrating that the Panthers just won their first game in almost 11 months like I don't know I feel like there are sometimes when we could be pretty negative I know this guy I'm pointing at myself (laughs) listeners if you can't see me on the zoom um we could be pretty negative and I, I had a couple of things to say about um, some decisions that were made. But the reality is, is that like just to get a win for this team after having 11 months of non-winning, after having the worst offseason, not just in uh, not just in Panthers history, but in NFL history in terms of obviously global pandemic, but then they lose their entire team. They lose the face of the franchise. Every recognizable face on this team is gone um, except for Christian. And for them to now go out there and kind of cleanse and exercise those demons, I think there's something to be kind of celebrated for that because, you know, they, they very easily could have started this season 0-6, 0-7. And And at that point they're riding like a 16, 17 game losing streak. And, and whatever culture you're trying to build is like slowly eroding and fading away. So what you have to do and, and what I am proud and what I'm glad that I saw from Matt rule and from this team is that you go out there and this is, the, the Chargers are not a good team. Sorry, Keenan Allen, if you're listening. Sorry, Justin Herbert. Sorry, Joey Bosa. But 
they, they are not a good team. And this is a team that the Panthers could have beaten. And they did. They took advantage of their opportunities. And, uh, and they still had a chance to – they both had a chance to win and a chance to lose in the fourth quarter. And this time it went their way. And I, I do think that's something to be celebrated. So if you're coming here and wanting to listen to, uh, you know, positive, like a birthday party because the Panthers won, that's not quite where we are. But this, that 90 seconds, that was for you if you were listening to this. And you were like, I wanted I, – all I wanted was Josh to say good job. Good job. Gold star. I think there's a lot to be a lot for these guys to celebrate. I mean, Mike Davis has, has kind of a Renaissance game for him. Like, you know, you know that there was, you know, for the last several years, he wondered if he was ever going to get to have a game like that ever again. And he did, Uh, you know, for, for Matt rule, first win, a lot of these young guys first win, it's really important for them. But as a fan, I didn't feel some kind of cathartic moment where it's like, Oh, Oh, the, the monkey's off of our back. We've we got our first win in 11 months, and now we're on the, you know, we're on the track to victory. Like that moment for me, that didn't come. So I was excited for the for the guys um, to get that moment because you know they they put a lot of work in, and you want to see your guys succeed. But as a for for me, just as a as a fan, I didn't feel some kind of great. Why not? <sighs> I guess that's my question. Like, why not? Isn't that because I don't know what to believe about this team. Because when I watch this team right now, it feels like I'm watching a bunch of freshman basketball players. Like, let me, let me make this comparison as a, for Carolina, as a Carolina basketball fan. When you have a team that maybe makes a Final Four run, maybe wins a national championship, and they have a bunch of seniors, and they all graduate and kind of go on, and then you get a bunch of new guys, and you need the roster, and you need all this. But those guys are going to be a part of something for you in theory over the next three or four years. Looking at this roster – I, I mean, I feel like it, it, we're very much picking and choosing who we think has any kind of staying power. So I feel like the lack of connection between, I guess, me as the fan and the guys on the field and what they mean going forward for this Panthers organization is why I don't think it was there. But do you think that those are the kind of things that you just that that you have to grow those relationships or do you think those relationships may never come back? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe this is free therapy for me. I don't know. I just know that for a guy that's watched a lot of sports that's been with teams that have felt kind of down, that win didn't feel and, – and maybe it was the, maybe it was this the lack of crowd. Maybe it's the 2020. Maybe if, if, if the Chargers crowd had gotten shut up and people were filing out and there's like a small section of Roaring Riot fans that are getting, you know, some camera time, maybe I, maybe I do feel different. But – um, that looked like a pretty unspectacular opponent to the first half. I think you could argue that the quarterback that looked better in the game was the Chargers quarterback who did a better job, you know, in his second start than Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that, you know, is in, you know, supposed to be, supposed to be the vet. Um, and even though it's still new for him. So I think, I think all that kind of contributes to me kind of feeling, yeah, Towards the whole thing. Did we so- did we swap places? Like I feel like I feel like we're it like we're like turn, this baby. is like a it's like a freaky Friday type of a situation. It's a double turn. I got I got notes. I'm ready. I'm ready to let's put Brian a- Burns in the Hall of Fame. Get him a gold jacket. Uh, Shaq Thompson's calling out plays like he's Luke Keekley. Like I mean the game the the switch has been flipped. Fifteen oh. and fourteen and two the hard way, baby. Here we go. <laughs> 
<laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm seeing um, just is it a bear, Justin a bear, Justin Herbert, what are we going? Justin Herbert sit up there and for like 15 seconds audible to a play that's going to defeat the Panthers defense and the Panthers defense is like, hey, I think I think the rookie quarterback might be doing something over there. Uh, I think I think he's calling something what and then he gets the first down. So you know we it's two sides of every coin here. Well, I mean, they're going to make some plays. It was, uh, I, I, yeah, uh, like, again, this was a beatable team. This is a winnable game on their, on their, this was uh, a team without a on their schedule. The That's what I'm saying. This is a winnable game and you have to win those games. Even you have to survive them. Even when you are, when you go one for six in the red zone and uh, when your team, if you are going to, if this team, and you have talked about it in the past, if this team is going to be able to force turnovers on defense, it doesn't really matter how bad they are at the rest of the stuff. It's going to keep them in games. If you're going to get two to four turnovers every every week, which they're not, but if they are, then you're going to be able to compete with any team, not just the Chargers, because you're not going to go one for six in the red zone every week. Um, and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be uh, pretty bad on third down like they were. Um, and on the opposite side of the ball, the defense was not good on third down, but ultimately winning kind of, they say that like winning covers up a lot of things, but turnovers are the ultimate cover up in football. Mm -hmm. If you can force turnovers and not turn the ball over yourself, you are always going to be in the game. It does not matter how, whether they're more talented, whether you play poorly, if you force turnovers and you don't turn the ball over yourself, then you're going to win. I mean, that or not win. You're going to beat. You're going to give yourself a chance because ultimately, not to go all Colin because obviously I'm the positive one here. Uh, if if Keenan Allen is better at lateraling the ball, we're this. They're zero and three. Like this is like that was that. You talk about mistakes and missed opportunities. Change all of the analysis can't change because a because a lateral wasn't completed. I disagree. Best team ever, 14 and 2 the hard way. That's the <laughs> title of the episode. <laughs> hey, I'm all for I'm all for some positivity. Like there was there I thought the defensive front seven clearly played the best game that they've had. It felt like they finally were maybe if they were were building on something we complained, I complained, you know, last week about Bill Snow and wanting to see something. And they were doing some stunts. They were doing some different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's reason there to be optimistic. But as you look at this game, I don't look at this, and specifically with this offense, under uh, under the leadership of Teddy Bridgewater and feel like this is a game where the Carolina Panthers went out and out-executed their opponent and walked out with a, with a win. And that, to me, is why I think that, that, that you had the, the, the lack of that you know, excited feeling. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where um, I, I agree with you. You're, you're absolutely right that the analysis can't change just because they won the game. Uh, this happened in the Ron Rivera era a lot where they would, they would make bad decisions. They would play poorly and then they would win because uh, one player was just uh, better than everybody else on the field. I don't remember who that was. Um, maybe he plays in the league still. And I don't know. Yeah. Greg um, Olson. He looks a little older now. He's, he, you know, not, he really does guy anymore. Man, the gifts that he was pulling up on the sideline though, really just exciting gifts. Um, I, I think that it, that, that covered up a lot of what went wrong in the last era. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. But what I would like to do is I think that we should split this and I, I haven't really, this isn't on the show notes, but I think we should split it. Let's be positive here. Let's talk about what we liked and then maybe we'll go back. And if you're like a, if you're super, you're feeling super positive, we'll tell you just like, 
fast forward, fast forward, fast forward until you hear uh, for like 18 minutes and where we're, we're a little bit more negative. But let's start with positive. And the one thing that I want to talk about when I, when I talk about positive is uh, the way that um, this defense utilized pressure differently than they did last week over the first two weeks. Because I don't think that this Chargers offensive line is that much worse than the Raiders offensive line. It is that much worse than the Bucks offensive line, which is very good. But um, they, the way that they were able to, whether it was stunts, whether it was defensive line games, whether it was, you know, sending multiple different types of blitzers. And I kind of, I, I bugged Matt Rule about it a little bit on Monday and just said like, hey, like it seemed like there were just not, not different blitzers, but just like, more well-timed. You could see more guys coming off the edge and it, and it was more noticeable obviously because it worked. But when you see guys like Jeremy Chin and Justin Burris and they're in the backfield, like immediately, like those are the kind of like when you chose the correct play on Tecmo Super Bowl, like those are the kind of plays that, that can be game changing plays. And then when you add in guys like Brian Burns being able to just beat their guys around the outside and pin their ears back and rush because uh, I've, I said it before the season started and I will continue to say it that Brian Burns is like making, like we're watching him make the jump to elite defensive end. So um, I, I think that when you combine all of those things together, I'm not sure they can continue it next week, but if you're going to get more than 20 pressures, if you're going to hit the quarterback eight times, that's a recipe for success in this league and is at least going to give you a chance to win. Well, I'll give you some optimism. Look at the defense. Tell me which young defensive player on this team impressed you the most this weekend. And for the first time, I think you could have a bunch of different answers with a bunch of different high draft picks that all could be considered correct. And that, to me, is really the biggest story coming out of this week is the fact that we saw all of those guys doing the things that we hope they can do in one game. And not only that, but you also saw Troy Pride, who they didn't want to start week one. That was not – they did not want that to happen. I, I talked, We talked about it before the season started. It's why they brought in Eli Apple. It's why they signed Razul Douglas when, when Apple went down. It's because they weren't ready to throw him into the fire. And when he didn't have to start, he went out there and he made a big special teams play as a gunner. And, that, and then when he had to come in because Dante got hurt, it was, he was a little bit more prepared for it. And then you're giving you're, – you're like – letting him adjust to the speed of the league slowly. And I get that it's only been three weeks and there's no preseason or whatever. Maybe it's, you know, you can't judge anything for another few weeks, but still like just to see that, I, that was, that was almost my favorite play of the game was that Troy pride play on special teams, because that to me was like, Oh, well, this is kind of what they wanted to do. Um, and, and I have, I've made it very clear. I know we're being very positive. I've made it clear uh, that maybe some of the processes behind some of these decisions are not what I would have done, or I don't necessarily agree with them, but we are here now and the decisions have been made and those guys are on the roster. And so it does make me happy to see them, um, to see them be successful, uh, at least somewhat. Just to make sure we're being accurate in our positivity. You, you, you talk about pride's play. Did you think that was a bigger play than Manhurt's almost sacking Teddy? Or did you think that was, it was kind of negligible? First of all, um, no comment. Um, <laughs> that was a cheap shot. That's a cheap shot. Okay. You know, it's like, are, are we being positive or are we cheap shotting people? Because that was a cheap shot. You know, I like I have. You um, were being positive, and I was cheap shotting people. Yeah, exactly. You I was. Know, I was, the, I was, I was, was that Dallas was defensive a, lineman or whatever, right? I was on a roll, and you're just throwing at me that sometimes he got he got turned around a little bit. 
He misstepped and also got out-targeted and out-received by Ian Thomas. So it's like all-around bad game for the Manhurts Hive in week three in L.A. But you know what? He plays a lot better at home. More of a home guy. Especially he's going to get out, get out in front of the crowd. The Manhurts Hive chants are going to be going. The shirts are selling like hotcakes. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's all happening. You know, and this is, I try to do the positivity thing. It's not taken. Uh, the other thing, the other thing that really Do we need to tell people to fast forward? Game, no, no. I, is it now? This is, is it now this the is time? This is real. Why this are they rotating a left tackle? Okay, this sorry. Is not no, we're complaint. not doing it yet? This okay, is not a complaint, right. but okay, this sorry, is sorry. real. This positive, is real positive. talk. This is po- real no, talk. No, positive real talk, though. Okay, positive real talk. Positive real talk. All the positive plays. The the, the Herbert in, incompletion that was ruled a fumble. All of those borderline plays came in this game. We got all the calls in this game in a week three game against the Chargers when we know, when we know if it's the Saints in week 16 in a meaningful game, half of those calls are going the other way. Oh, J.J. Jansen gets knocked in. No, no, no. He was standing there long enough. All of those great calls that we did. Mike Williams, not happening. All the calls that we got in this game. It felt like we got a heap heap of, like, of good calls you know the, the the questionable good calls that's just karma that we're gonna have to pay back down the line for a meaningless game or week three chargers win you know i'm right josh i was really impressed with the play of taylor moton um i thought that he was really uh thought he was really good um no you're absolutely right i mean the, the reality is is that like these like the i don't know the 50 50 calls are going to go some way one way or the other also you know like they had that uh when Burris and Burns were in the backfield on that reverse and they just they were in there immediately and knocked the ball back. And I don't remember whether it was Eckler or somebody else. That I mean, they were like sprinting in the right direction to get that ball. If that ball takes another bounce, bounces two yards to the left, Derek Brown is picking it up and rumbling for a fat guy touchdown. And we're talking about how he how he's in the mix for rookie of the year. Like that's happening. Um, but it didn't. So uh, I mean Okay, I'm back. All right, but the positive on that play is Love they it. had the, they had the speed on defense to impact that reverse. Like these these offensive coordinators now trying to get clever with who they block, who they don't block, and you have to have the speed to impact those types of plays when they try and get cute and get a blocker downfield and leave you sitting there, you know, with your you know what in your hands uh, as a defensive end. And they did a good job on those plays. Uh. Sorry, I just had a lot of jokes like running through my head um, about your, your baseball jersey. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, speaking of speed on defense, if you want to talk positivity, I thought this was uh, maybe Dante Jackson's like best game as a certainly this season, and maybe in the past, and is I don't I don't know I I, I haven't really I I, I don't want to say anything I can't yet. take. You haven't back. watched the All Twenty Two. It's kind of tough, you know, just with the. I actually have the watched the All Twenty Two. As a matter of fact, um, I have the NFL Game Pass. No big deal. Uh, I mean, whatever. I, I got I got five bags of frozen peas in my freezer and the NFL Game <laughs> Pass. Um, I'll give you I'll give you my login. Um, I think that it's uh, the thing with Dante Jackson is that he he was he was really, really good until obviously he got hurt. Maybe not really, really good, but he was very good. And then once he got the ball in his hands, it's just like, man, he is just so, can I ask you a, just, just a question? Why mm-hmm. isn't he a punt returner? Why don't they put him back there? At punt returner? Like why I get Farrell Cooper is like the punt is the Does guy. Does he not get injured enough for you good. already? Do you want him to get injured more? Is that what we're going for here? 
It's a good point. You know, speaking of which, on special teams, great camera angle on the Joey Sly tackle, you oh, know, man. when he got down there. Here's the thing. Fun, cute, dumb, dumb. Joey, did, if we don't have Joey, where, where are the points coming from? It looks it, – everyone's cool with the punter getting down there till all of a sudden you get hurt, and, or, I mean, the kicker, and you're the kicker. We need you. You can't be doing stuff like that. You got to – I know he's a big kicker. I know he's got the, the tattoo and everything. You got to act like a kicker and just try and usher a guy out. That sounds <laughs> kind of negative. There, or, did the rainbow fade off? Um, it's, it, it's, I'm concerned about his health. That's okay. the positive. That's positive. <laughs> I yeah, don't think looked, you could just say that's the positive thing after you say something. Joey's like, like is the positive. Well, I mean, uh, I lost like $85,000 out of my stock portfolio, but like that's the positive way of looking at it. So it's like, you can't <laughs> it just say work. it that way. If that's well, what LeBron I, does. If it works for LeBron, you just say this is the way it is and, and people just believe you. Are we, uh, I mean, essentially you're the LeBron James of, of podcasting, obviously. Um, I think that, uh one more thing on um i mean joey sly five for five come on if we're going to be positive look at that joe charlton hasn't kicked the ball into the stands yet the special teams was really good like yeah. they're winning they're picking up yardage on special teams which is what matt rule was talking about like it's just it's it all it, everything came together puppies were on the field rainbows were over the stadium everything went really well on sunday it, once they identified who Keenan Allen was, I thought, really? Should I mean, they didn't do it until after the game. They didn't do it until after the game was over. But I'm sure once they did identify him, it, that even got better. Do you have anything else that we need to say before we maybe uh, give the fast-forward advisory? For me, also, I did. I talked about Taylor Moten. Um, John Miller has been a nice surprise at guard. Nobody really talks about a guard. But, like, he has yeah. been – I didn't expect him to be um, – as I guess solid as he has been. Uh, but, you know, but I would like to see, again, I've said it before, where you can't really judge anything until four weeks into the season. So and I, I, it was nice to see Dante Jackson have a nice game. I would like to see him play again on Sunday and be healthy. Um, and I would like to see, you know, Razul Douglas kind of continue this Razulissance that he's having in, in Carolina. Um, but I, overall, you know, I was, I had some, I felt I had some pot, there were some positive things to take away from this game. Whereas in weeks one and two, you were kind of like searching for the positive things to take away. We haven't even talked about Jeremy Chin, who yeah. is, you know, a buzzsaw out there. And they drafted him with the last pick in the second round. I do have one more positive. Are we, st- we going to wrap the positive part up? No, we're still in the positive. Let's okay, do it, okay. baby. We're okay. like, yeah. Um, I, I have I found my way back to the to the Teddy bandwagon. Um, I was off for like forty eight hours wandering through the woods, but I have wandered my way back and 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 choosing to believe that he is he. You know they, they said during the game that he was trying to be somebody he wasn't for the first couple of weeks. He needs to find himself. He needs to get comfortable. So I'm choosing in this year of 2020, this year of giving, to give Teddy a, a couple more weeks to continue finding himself in the and and the sticks. Hopefully, you should. The sticks, man. Oof. Keep just keep throwing it short. What were they doing at the end of? Uh, hang on. Um, keeping it positive, Josh. We're keeping on, it positive. Man. We're keeping it positive. We're I like this energy they, down. I, I liked how they were able to call timeout uh, right there at the end of the half and get the three points because of that long interception return from Dante Jackson. I'm trying to think if I want to get anything else positive out of the way. Um, are, were, have you been more impressed, or not? Have you been more impressed? But on Sunday, were you more impressed with the secondary overall than maybe you thought they were? 
or was it just Justin Herbert? A bear, excuse me. Um, well, are we transitioning? Because I, one of the things that my, my, my biggest criticism, I think, of Phil Snow's defense in a week where it looked the best it has looked was that they, they still struggle to identify who the ball is going to go to. Like, I would rather err on the side of making sure Keenan Allen doesn't beat us. I mean, we, everybody heard this entire past week about how Bill Belichick, Dustin Waller, like, that's, the way, that's what the best in the business does. And to me, this offense has not done a good job. And it's, or excuse me, this defense has not done a good job of identifying uh, those targets. Um, JJ Jansen, great play near the goal line. And now I would encourage everyone to start hitting that 30 second, uh, <laughs> that forward 30 second mark. Um, start it now. And then whenever you hear Tony Baloney, that's when, uh, we're done with the negativity. Um, because I, uh, but see, I'm not. I don't, I'm, no. I'm generally positive about this. No, I'm no, it's ge- fine. I'm positive I'm, about yeah. the the guys, but there's some very specific things that I just I got a real problem. Yeah, no, no, no. I I I don't feel like we're going to just sit here and just crush the entire team. But I will tell you right. that I do not understand the idea behind a left tackle rotation when you when you traded up at the in the 2019 draft for what you called at the time the left tackle of the future your franchise left tackle, you made, you made it clear that this was a guy that you valued and you had a first-round grade on. And I will tell you right now, one-day contract listeners and Colin and Nikki, that they were going to draft him in the first round until Brian Burns fell right into their lap. Right. So that is how strongly they felt about Greg Little. And now we are one year away from that, and you are rotating him with an undrafted free agent who just got released from Los Angeles Chargers and you picked up three weeks ago. Now, here's the thing. And if you're going to come up, if you're going to go on your press conference and tell us that neither one of them, you wanted to rotate them to keep them both fresh, but yet the guy next to them, Chris Reed, played 100% of the snaps, even though he just came off the COVID list. So that's not true. If the idea is that you don't trust Greg Little to play a full game, then what are we doing? If, if ever there was a season to get a look at a guy, let's do it now. And if you're not going to let him get into rhythm, if you're going to take the, the few snaps, not the few snaps, if you're going to take the snaps in the first half where he got whipped by Joey Bosa and say, well, this is who Greg Little is. We got to get Trent Scott out there or else we're not going to win this meaningless game in Los Angeles. I, I just don't think that's mean a good idea. First big win of the Matt rule era. We're not, oh, we're not we're, doing a thing anymore. We're not no, doing we're, that anymore. We're oh, in the okay. negative. I'm sorry. Area. We're I'm in sorry. the negative area. Um, I don't remember what happened. I was just drifting off I, into I, positivity I, land. It happens. I blacked out in that, um, in that first uh, 30 minutes of positive energy. I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand it. And I, I don't, it's again, it's like a specific decision that I just disagree with and it doesn't. And ultimately they were able to win because of it, but I don't think that getting an honest look at Trent Scott is worth the, uh, the mental, um, message that you're sending to Greg Little, which is that we don't trust you out there. And if that is the case, then what are we doing here? Well, and I think we have to look at this situation. And again, I told you I've wandered my way back to Team Teddy. And part of it is because of this. He knows that that's the left tackle situation. No wonder he's getting rid of the ball as quickly as he is. And then I look at this situation, what you're talking about. You, You know you've got a left tackle rotation situation. This is not the most favorable matchup for you with Joey Bosa bouncing from end to end. And then 
at the in the second quarter, you've gone down several times, you've you've kicked short field goals, and now you've got yourself a third and two, and knowing that you've got a left tackle rotation going on, you run behind that left tackle, and oh, by the way, Joey Bosa just happened to switch from one side to the other and is now sitting right there. And instead of a decent play on third and two, you ran behind a a rotational left tackle against a top pick in the draft and it worked out predictably like that's what it's this little stuff that's like buttoned stuff up and I don't know who's responsible you had all they had all three timeouts there you've gone down there you've taken field goal field goal field goal you you wanted a touchdown you needed a touchdown and you you make that call on third down like that to me is what that's what first half timeouts are for so same situation, same matchup, and just a complete lack of awareness, I think, uh, on a third and short. And I'm not trying to put that on Teddy. I'm saying someone within the tree there has to see. We're about to run right at Bosa with a guy that nobody even knows his first name. It's Trent. Um, I, I think that it's – and, you know, it's just – you're absolutely right. It's just – it's these – it's it's small decisions or not small decisions. These are some of them are big decisions, but it's third just, and two in the red zone. That's a big decision. I know it's in the first half, but that's what I'm saying. These button up stuff. This again, is the difference. No, you're absolutely right, and it is. And these are the kind of things we've been saying for four weeks, and I'll continue to say it for another two, maybe. Um, that it's fine. You're making mistakes. It's fine. You're you're making mistakes. Let's learn from these mistakes. Let's get better. Let's run behind Taylor Moten instead of Trent Scott. Like how how about the guy who didn't allow any pressures against Joey Bosa and you still aren't extending for some reason? How about we run that way instead of running left? Like the, those small those are the kind of things that I want to see improvement on, and maybe we will. And and so when we see those when we see those decisions go the other way, go the positive way, like we were doing. Um, uh, that that I think is what you can take away and be positive about, even if they don't win. Because even when they win, even when they win, there are still things to be negative about. And Matt Rule said it himself on Monday. He said, "We watch the tape on Monday the same way, whether we win or whether we lose. There are still things to learn when we win, and there are still a lot of things to learn. Um, and ultimately, this this." This left tackle thing is it just I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it totally does because if you don't if you don't think that Greg Little has it, then that ultimately answer that that makes me ask other questions about the guy that traded up to draft him. And if you don't think that he can play a full game on Sunday, then then what are we kind of doing here? And and so it's like if you don't if you if he wasn't ready then why didn't Trent Scott start and play the whole game? What is a rotation doing at this point? If you but but now I it's will a, it's say it's a job audition. That's what I, they, exactly. Yeah. If they were still if you're still trying to audition and you're still trying to take a look at hey we gotta we gotta I want to I want to see Greg Little with my own eyes against uh, an NFL edge rusher, and if that's the case, and then they may have said well you know what I want to see Trent Scott too. And we didn't have a preseason game to put him out there. We didn't have, you know, practice is not the same um, because you can't give him enough reps with the ones because Okunga's there. So it's like at, at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, you know, like let's, let's get him out there and let's do it. And that kind of falls into the uh, I'm going to hold off judgment until later on in the season because we're still th- three weeks in. This would 
be week three of the preseason, theoretically. Now, for the last several years, decade plus, we've all talked about how irrelevant, how meaningless the preseason is. Now we are three weeks into a season with no preseason. Has your guys' opinion changed on the importance of the preseason? Because I think we see, we're seeing these guys not be in shape, not having gotten hit, not having tackled, not having gone through it. And there was a ton of guys just nicked up, dinged up, dinged in this game. It, it, like the second, third quarter, for like every other play, somebody was going out. Yeah, I, I don't – I think it's a combination. I would be curious to see what no preseason looks like if you have a full offseason. So that would be that would be my only caveat with that. Yeah. And I, I don't – I still think you need it. I still I – know, I know we're sure. worried about the individual injuries, but I think the protection of the masses, I think most guys need to get a – need to get, you know, toughened up a little bit. I'd like to see two, if only for the – Hey, we got to get out there and see what our guys look like when they get hit. Like, I want to see what this undrafted free agent, I want to look, I want to see what Sam Franklin looks like when he's making a tackle against somebody that's not wearing the same uniform because, and, and it also gives you a chance to evaluate other guys too. It's just kind of weird to be watching week three and it feels like some guys are like, I think that guy may have just gotten his first hit of the season in. Here's a little, you know, and it, here we are. We're, we're almost we're almost at the quarter pole. So I'm just curious. I think that we've all we've all bagged on it for a long time, but I think maybe I now feel like I have a different appreciation for its purpose. I don't think they need to charge full price, but you know, <laughs> how about have it with no fans? How's that for an idea? I mean, they're they're used to doing it with no fans now, so it's like, why not do it with no fans? Do it maybe in interesting locations. You could do it at Fenway Park. You could do it at um, I don't know South Park Mall. <laughs> is the ice skating rink at Eastland open? Um, I, I'm just like, just thinking out loud. Um, these are ideas that I have not thought about in the past. So um, while we are continuing down negative uh, Nancy Avenue, um, I would is like to talk about- Is it negative Nancy Avenue though? I feel like it's more just almost constructive criticism observations. And I don't feel like you can necessarily be like, appreciate that nikki thank, thank you, very you much nikki for that. excellent that's what you're I'm absolutely for. right what the hell is curtis samuel doing in the backfield you've it's, been the one talking it up for how, how it's gonna happen how are you now it act, now you saw it with your eyes and now you're like wait i have a problem with this I thought it's this not that i have a problem with it it's just that it doesn't work if you keep putting him back there and they keep handing it to him for two yards of carry and and I like okay okay I'm gonna play the positive spin on this one. Oh I baby, think you're showing. I think you show the baseline. I think you show that willingness to do that, having no intention of doing that again. You know what I'm saying? Just let them know that. Oh yeah, we will definitely run between the tackles with Curtis Samuel. You better protect between the tackles when we when we've got Curtis Samuel back here. I guess it's baseline. Sure, it's baseline. I'm how also many, just how, like I like I want to see. I, there are time. There there are. <sighs> There are ways to get him the ball in space. How, like, I, I would just like to see them executed better. Or oh, we're 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 in space behind the line of scrimmage, short of the sticks. Where is handing it to him? Is handing it to him out of the eye formation? Is that a good use of Curtis Samuel? Like, Again, it's I, a baseline. I, I, I'm buying the baseline use. I'm. I, first of all, I, we've talked about this in the past. I'm not 100 percent sure that he is the game breaker that we've all been making him out to be, but. At the same time, he did a seven twenty. He looked phenomenal. No, what are you talking about? It was awesome, about? and then he fumbled. So he was uh, down. He was down. Um, <laughs> Again, one of those calls. I told you we wasted how many how many years of sorry bad calls, fringe 
calls and meaningful games have we had, and then we got them all back against a team that didn't even show up until halftime. It's, oh, it's so maddening. 2024, the next time we'll get a positive review like that. <laughs> Fine. Should we do a quick round of risers and fallers for week three? I think so. That's fun. Yes. Yeah, stock up, stock Most down. Certainly. <laughs> Colin, would you like to go first? <laughs> well, uh, this, is, this is the first time I've ever had this note written down. Good discipline by Panthers special teams following the blocked extra point. I thought they did a good job of corralling and not pre- and preventing the defensive score. Good job, Chase Blackburn and the special team staff uh, on not letting that blocked extra point get returned. That's fun. That's a good one. That's that's out of the. That's off the. Um, that's 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 not what I expected you to say. I didn't and pull I that actually, out of David Newton's column. Is that what you're saying? No, I think that. I think that what I. Um, I actually, I would like to say, um, oh, hang on. Um, oh, somebody's at the door. Hang on for one second. Let me just uh, let me open this creek. Hey, you guys doing stock up, stock down? Hey, it's me, Tony B. I got some stock ups and stocks downs. I want to talk. It's me, Tony Baloney. I got some stuff to say. Hey, let me tell you one person that I was impressed with. All right, Tony. Are you, are you in a good mood, Tony? You feeling positive today? When am I ever not in a positive mood? First of all, I told you before that I had my eye on Curtis Samuel, and uh, and I'm not so sure that my little eye spied a terrific game from Curtis Samuel. But I will say that one guy who I will say stock up is Derek Brown. Let's talk about it. I mean, we for two weeks we all talked about how Derek Brown always oh, a huge bust at the seventh pick. But let me tell you, let me tell you. The things that he was doing, the little things where he was occupying the space, where he was throwing the blockers aside, I loved it. You got the gif of him throwing that guy out of the way like he's a big sack of potatoes. He had three tackles for a loss. He has four on the season. I'm looking for big things out of Derek Brown. And let me tell you something else. K1 Short, I got my eye on you for next week. Let's see you come back. Let's see you and Derek Brown playing next to each other. And let's see whether this defense – can corral a good young quarterback and not just Justin Herbert. Okay, I got to go. Bye. Oh, all right, bye, Tony. Wow. Thanks for hey, being really, here, Tony. You, know, you talked about the draft impact of, uh, of Marty with Greg Little, but what about that decision, the first and third round combo platter that we got at defense where a lot of people were so upset after the first round? Derek Brown? I mean, I uh, listen, I said the whole time that Derek Brown was going to be a good player. I just didn't agree with the way that they – just like I said before, I, the, the processes I don't necessarily disagree with, but now we're here, and I think Derek Brown was always going to be a good player. Not always going to be a good player, but I, I never doubted Derek Brown being talented. It's just a matter of, like, could they have used those resources differently? And, and, and I, think they, I think you look back, especially with Chin, if you had Chin and you're sitting there and you're doing the – Chin Anthony comparison or whatever. Uh, I just think that plus you get a, a defensive making or a difference making defensive tackle in the first round and it's done. This, if this defense didn't have him in the middle and didn't, you know, with, with no KK, the, all of the speed would be meaningless because they'd be just getting the ball shoved down their throats. Well, I mean, they are on pace to give up uh, an NFL record 37 rushing touchdowns. I get it on pace, silly stat, but, um, 
It's, but it would be I, worse. They, they've given away. They've given up a lot in the first half, in the first three games, and they gave up a lot last season. And uh, they haven't. They haven't gotten a ton better at rush defense, even though they have invested so much in the defensive line. And one name that we are not saying uh, in the positive section is YGM Itor Grosmatos. I'd like to see a little bit more from him, or uh, maybe you know let him let him learn in practice. He doesn't need to be out there as much as he needs to be. So that that's all I'm saying. There were times on run plays when he was really getting washed out. So, what about stock falling? Oh, Etor Grossmontos. Oh, that is worse. Okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I'd... Well, I hate to do it. I hate to do it. I said I'm on the bandwagon. I want to believe in him, but it, it's it's got to be Teddy for me. Like, it's, wow, it's not is this the close. second week in a row he's stocked down, Teddy B? It's not close. It's 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 the Teddy Bridgewater decision making. And again, I. It's hard, to, it's hard to draw the line between, you know, everything and the offensive line is what it is. I just have been thoroughly unimpressed by Teddy Bridgewater's game demeanor, by his uh, sense of the moment. I just – everything about Teddy B, I have I've, – I've really been frustrated by the experiment. And I'll give you a perfect example. Right before halftime, right, you get the Dante Jackson um, interception run back and – the only place you can't go with this ball is short in the middle of the field. And they, and I know they still got the, they still got the field goal out of it, but the, the risk, see, this is where just because you throw it short, doesn't make it safer in that situation. The ball needed to go in the end zone because if DJ gets held up for a second more, I think it was DJ for a second more, no pun intended, then you may not get that attempt at all. Like if he fights for a yard and falls forward and boom, 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 you don't get that. That's a veteran quarterback making that decision. And he takes it because it's the safe route, because it's shorter. That ball needed to go in the end zone. And it's not just one-off, but that's just an example of the, understanding what actually is the smart decision, and that was not the smart decision. Um, I agree with you. I will say also, I don't think that Joe Brady really set him up for success on that play call. Um, they had five, five guys uh, running routes out there. Two of them, when he threw that ball – Two of them were in the end zone and two of them were coming back towards the line of scrimmage. So essentially you are the two guys, both basically running the seam. It was Ian Thomas. And I think Curtis, I don't remember exactly, but I think they were both running the seam and in the end zone or in the red zone, you're, there's not a whole lot of room back there. So once they both get into the end zone, you're essentially letting two guys cover two. Like it's both, both of them are in the same spot. So then you're kind of, you're throwing to Robbie Anderson on a hitch or I think it looked like DJ Moore is maybe running a slant, and you've got uh, Mike Davis was probably the best option because at least he was running forwards towards the end zone. Um, oh, and I, yeah, and I hate those kind of play calls. But so, but that's, so but, red zone play calling, that's – I mean, we added I agree. I think red zone play calling is what something is that – What is this? No, what, but are this you, what are you trying to do then? But see, these are the kind of things that we need to be writing down, which I am not, and keeping an eye on for the rest of the season. So we need to, we need to be saying to ourselves in week seven, like – Hey, third down play calling has really gotten better. Hey, red zone play calling has really gotten better. Hey, uh, um, they're really they're not using they're not faking a punt at a ridiculous time. Like these kind of things that are coaching decisions that are that that are going to be mistakes. And again, it's fine for them to make these mistakes. Now is the time. Make them. Make the mistakes. And for the fact that they were still able to get this win, it's great. Lottie Dottie, we likes to party, but I, I don't think that. We don't throw deep. We don't bother nobody. <laughs> <That's>, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, I, and I 
cannot come up with anything better than that. So I, I'll end my thought. Uh, you know, it just, I don't know, like you, you guys feel, I, I thought I was going to feel different about Teddy. I thought, I, I thought I was getting a quarterback that was going to be in command that was out there. I, am I wrong that, that Herbert made more audibles that were successful at the line of scrimmage than Teddy Bridgewater did? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause I don't know whether they're, I mean, obviously that, you know, he has, he has control of the offense, but like, I don't know how much they're saving, how much they're they're kind of they're bringing this in slowly, but it's like, you know, you're you're not wrong, and that may also be the the Chargers' offense has a lot more checks and calls at the at the line, whereas the Panthers' offense doesn't. Um, but I think it probably should. Well, I, I just don't understand how you go into this game with Christian McCaffrey, or with with no Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore is going to get four targets. Yeah. What? what what? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, what I was disappointed with um, is that the – and I said it last week, and, uh, and, and it came to fruition. I, they ran the same exact offense as they did with Chris McCaffrey and Mike Davis out there. So there wasn't really any sort of change. So it's like – I don't know. I, I I so we're going to take rules seriously. Like he wants that they want to be a good team when McCaffrey comes back. So they're just going to try and, Hey, this is Christian. Look, this is how we would be running things. If you were in there, uh, I don't I know. know. It's not I, quite that literal, yeah. but I just don't understand how a game like for the chargers, Keenan Allen, boom, give that rookie uh, quarterback a comfort blanket. And, and I know Teddy's not, but I, I just, I don't understand how you end up in this situation coming off of a week where Christian McCaffrey is not a part of the offense and you're not finding ways to get other guys involved and you have questionable red zone plays, all of it. It's just, it's, I don't know. I, this was not a great, this was not a great win because, I, and it felt way more like the Chargers lost this game with penalties, bad calls, whatever you want to say. Real quick. I do want to talk about the fact that there will be fans in the stands for this game and what kind of impact, if any, that has on a home game? Um, I think it has a, has a impact on David Tepper's wallet a little bit, but I don't think that it necessarily has, is going to have an impact from a game perspective. I don't know. I watch those games and you see 5,000 people in the stands Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I'm watching them on TV, so I can't tell whether it's the piped-in noise or whether they're making that noise or what, what the difference is. But, like, 5,000 fans that it is not very many at all. Like, spread out across the entire 100 and 200 section. It is going to – I mean, we always knew it was going to look empty. That's the, that's the joke of the week. Um, but, I, I mean, for me, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. And, um, and I did think it was interesting – well, one – the thing that was most interesting about this is that they opened up 5,200 seats to PSL owners and season ticket holders that had opted in and they did not sell those out. And then they opened them up to single game tickets. And as of this morning, when I went back and looked, you could still buy single game tickets from the Panthers. So that is how these tickets are selling 5,200 seats. And I don't know whether it's COVID, whether it's social distancing, whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Mike Davis, whether it's Luke Keekley, but these tickets aren't selling. And, and it's, 
if there were 70,000, if you could, if you could sell a full stadium worth of tickets in there, it would have been embarrassing week one, how many Raiders fans were in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Why don't we just let people come in? (laughs) (laughs) You want to be in there? Be in there. I mean, of all years, because the game experience is not, that to me is a big drawback. Nobody has any kind of idea what the game experience would be. I have no idea of my time commitment. I have no idea, well, you know, am I going to be able to get a beer? Can I get a pretzel? Can I, you know, is the bathroom open? Do I have to go to the 300? Uh, it, nobody knows anything about it. And, but you know, they going to want full freight. Oh yeah. They definitely want full freight. I actually, when I looked at the tickets online, um, I was, I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, they're expensive, but like for for a pod of two, that's not that bad. And I was like, oh no, that's a per ticket price. So it was like, oh cool, so I could spend six hundred bucks to sit in, admittedly, the eighth row, but and watch what is going to be like practice, basically. Like, I, it's not going to be loud for me. And and maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. Maybe I'm jaded. Maybe it, whatever. But it's like oh. for me, going to a game where it's one less than one tenth full. The, the whole point of being at a game is the, the camaraderie and the turning around and high-fiving somebody behind you and, ah, oh, I can't believe it, starting a chant and, and getting – and when you yell as one, you know, when I go to a Dave Matthews Band concert, I want my voice to be lost in the thousands of other fans that are singing about antsing, ants marching. But I do not want for, for Dave to be able to hear me specifically singing it. Like, that is not fun to me. And I would not want, if I was at a game, it would the novelty of being able to yell DJ Moore's name and him probably turning around and hearing you seems cool. But at the same time, that's not, that doesn't do it for me. That doesn't feel like, a, like an NFL game. It doesn't give me the same experience. And it's not necessarily even one that I would want. Not well, for $250 anyway. Well, and you just said the word. It's not about the game. It's, it's, it's experience, you know. And, and this is just a game. It won't be an experience. And that's just that to me is is it like if you if you go and you're a part of the of the masses, you're a part of the fans, you're a part of everybody. We're all here for a common good. But if you're there by yourself or with you know five thousand other people, you're just a dude that's showing out a couple hundred bucks, you know, for some millionaires to play football. And and, if they, don't get, right. and they don't care, or their stuff's not buttoned up because well, we're we're focused on something else rather than entertaining or being the best possible football team on a Sunday that we can be because, you know, we're smarter than everybody else. But please pay full price for the season because we really care about it. That's a, that's, a, that's a hard sell to me. Tickets still available, by the way. It's, it's now 5 p.m. on Tuesday. Spoiler, sorry for pulling back the curtain. We're not, we're not recording this live for you to listen to on your iPhone. We've, you, want to charge, you want to charge people to come see a professional venture, then act like a professional venture. Then name your team the Carolina professional football team. I mean, they're doing that in other places. So let me know that it's a professional football team. Write it, put it right there in the name. Well, think about this too. Your PSL people and your diehards and all that, they made the decision before week one. Like they started making those decisions about we're not renewing for this year because there's too many unknowns. Like, will we even get to go to a game? And will there be fans in the stands and how that works? I don't know anybody that had PSLs that were like, yeah, we're in for this season. Well, and, and Nick, you bring up something interesting about the, the 
where we are with sports now. How many of these tickets were bought up by companies that now, so like they had buyers before and they were tax write-offs and they're all this before. Oh, oops, they're not. And now they don't really have a person attached to it. There's no fan attached to it. And now they want people attached to those seats because you come to find out that the fans actually matter a little bit. Do you guys think, do you guys think that if in week one, if COVID hadn't happened and it's the first game of the Matt rule era and the Panthers go into the fourth quarter down by 12 and they score two touchdowns in, in quick succession, including a 75 yard pass from Teddy Bridgewater to Robbie Anderson and the Raiders get the ball back with four minutes left down by three. Do you think that a full crowd at bank of America stadium would have made a difference in that game? 100%. 100%. I do. You used I mean, the word the, the, full, though. I didn't say full of who, but. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it either way, I would. All of these games, all of these games, these, you know, Aaron Rodgers hard counting the Saints in the Superdome in the fourth quarter, that just feels icky. It just, he just feels like he's violating some kind of natural order of things, just showing off. <laughs> it's a pandemic. It's a Superdome. Watch this jerk um but i don't know what do you guys think uh without i I don't know without tailgating without it's just not a it's not a game it's not a game it's not an nfl game yeah it's not it's not an nfl game it's not what i want to do here's why here's why i said unequivocally that it would have been different it's because of what that game would have meant i think to the to the crowd and i know you're saying that there have been there have been raiders fans there but here we are we're post Luke. Who comes out and hits the keep pounding drum? Is it Luke? Are we setting the tone with that, or where, where are we question. going for that? Probably um, Cam, I think. Yeah, well, he was still on the free agent market at that point, so probably could have picked him up. Um, and then you, you get to this fourth quarter. This is a this is a, a, a new group, a new. I think the energy in that building for the hey cheer for the Panthers, not just for Cam, not just for Luke, not just for Greg, not just for all the guys that we we we've adored for the past decade but cheer for the Panthers. And now the young guys got themselves a chance. I definitely think that the crowd would have energized them. It would have played out differently. Maybe the head coach of the Baylor basketball team could have hit the, hit the keep pounding drum. <laughs> All right. You guys want to play a game? Yes, let's do it. I mean, you do we not to... already play a game? So was risers and fallers, not our game. Uh, no, that was just a, a thing we do now. Cause... Oh, that was just a, Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah. yeah that's a, a regular now. segment. I like it. I like it. For our game this week, it's worst take. So you guys are going to come up with the worst take about the Panthers, and I'm going to give you a, a few shots at this. Who would I'm going like to go first. I'm going 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 to go first. Should we do it? Uh, should we do it like a almost like a radio teaser, like a back after this type of a thing? Like coming up after the break, I'm going to tell you why the Panthers' offense is more efficient without Christian McCaffrey and what they can do right now to move on from CMC. Back coming up, coming up after the break, I'll explain to you why Sam Darnold, not Trevor Lawrence, is the future at quarterback for the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. Oh, a part That's of me good. just died when you said that. <laughs> Who wins the first round? Look, here's the thing. Everyone would be like, Colin, that's a terrible idea. But what's going to play out is there's going to be a, there's going to be a coach sitting out there in San Francisco going, hey, wait, wait, what's this guy? They're getting rid of him? Hmm. I got a fourth round pick. And they go, ah, okay. 
and, and Shanahan's going to get Sam Darnold for a fourth-round pick or some nonsense, and it's going to be a brilliant move. But I say it, and I'm trolling. <laughs> Man, that's a hard first round to judge, too. Like, I, I don't even know where to go. I, I'm going to go – can we can we can we expand out from the, for the rest of the league on this? Or does it have yeah. to be? I, I, yeah. I think it's better always. Yeah. But for me, all right, ready? <clears throat> you want to go? You want to go first again? You want You want to? No, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Snake draft. I apologize. Okay, no, no. I'm just trying to give you a chance. I didn't want no, to always have. No, the... you're totally good. I, if you all steal right. mine, I'm going to be sad. Okay. 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 Patrick Mahomes is the future of the NFL. Lamar Jackson, the new James Harden. Right after this. oh man coming up after the break i'm gonna tell you who the next general manager of the carolina panthers is he's already in the building and his name is david tepper coming up right after this oh god is he gonna have a radio hit in a year when when does (laughs) the, the david tepper radio hit is coming by the way, I feel like you guys are tied right now through two rounds. Oh, nice. I feel like this is a tie. This is going to be your tiebreaker right here. I'm going to let Josh go first. Oh, man. This, what's, this is what wins Podcaster of the Year awards, by the way. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> A lot of people say, I'm sorry. I wasn't quite, I wasn't, I know I wasn't in the right spot for it. Ooh. Hmm. A lot of people say the Carolina Panthers made a huge mistake letting Cam Newton walk to the New England Patriots. But coming up after the break, I'm going to tell you why their biggest mistake was actually letting go of another quarterback, and his name is Kyle Allen. <laughs> I, I feel like the problem is, is that I use that, and his name is terrible take trope too many. To, like, I used it twice, unfortunately, um, only because I, I missed I missed opportunity. I wanted to get that Christian one out so fast because um, that's obviously that's the worst take. Is, yeah. is this offense better without Christian McCaffrey? In three years' time, when the Matt Rule era is in full swing, the Carolina Panthers will be known more for defense than offense. I'll explain on the other side. That's not a good one. That's an awful generic take to try and win it. That's oh, we're just doing generic takes. No, that's yeah. awful. I'm not pleased. I'm not pleased. I'm telling you I'm not pleased. I just – look, I didn't stick the landing. It's fine. I just – Coming up after the break, I'm going to let you know why Nick Batum is not the worst contract in Charlotte. It's actually Christian McCaffrey. Oh, Ooh, is that a good one? Spicy. Oh, that's that's a that's a hot take right there. Don't clip these who out. Who can lead their America. team further? Don't clip these out. Okay, who can lead their team further? Devontae Graham or Teddy Bridgewater? We'll do a tale of the tape coming up next. <laughs> I still have to say that Josh's very first worst take was probably the best worst mm-hmm. take. The Christian one? Yeah. yeah I really appreciate I really appreciate people re- realizing Devontae Graham was in the NBA about you know, two months after the Hornets stopped playing basketball. That was, that was fun. I mean, LeBron said his name. That's pretty exciting, right? That's yeah. basically, yeah. that's like winning an award. <laughs> it's not, that's not. Um, it basically is though. I, I would say that. I would say that. All right. Who's got plugs, Josh, what do you got? 
I, I was going to, I had a couple, I feel like it's just like fun to say coming up after the break and then say something absolutely ridiculous. Um, follow me on Twitter at Josh Klein rules. If you are listening to this and you don't subscribe to the riot report daily newsletter, uh, that comes out every single weekday, myself, uh, Zach, Antoine, we have a bunch of people that curate the best in Panthers news for you. Uh, and it comes up right in your email inbox every single morning, go to the riot and sign up for that. Fabulous. Colin. People can uh, talk with me on Twitter at Colin CLT. I'd like to compliment all of us for getting to this point and not complaining about the officiating. The big hog. The yeah. big hog. See, you're, it's, it's growing on you. That's what it does. <laughs> I don't, uh, the big hog growing on me. Like, come on, man. Like, uh, duh. <laughs> oh. Oh, well. Well, we made it this far. Coming Um, up next week, I'm going to let you know why the big hog is actually... I I don't even know. I can't. You just don't like me being on your corner. You just (laughs) don't like me being on your corner. No. I'm the only big animal in this show. You're the big mammal. You're the big mammal. That's right. I'm going to go eat some frozen peas out of a can. (laughs) There you go. And I'm Nikki704. We have no one on the one-day contract this week, so we don't have to say bye That's to everybody. Great. Start so with everybody else, earth. we will Wait, see you birds, next week, next episode. This is the one-day contract part of Riot Network. Keep pounding. Big hog.